Hello world, welcome to another episode of Mr. Speaker Speaks. You know, it's the podcast that informs, challenges, and inspires. This is real talk from real people about real things. It's also the show where the guests get to speak. I know it's called Mr. Speaker Speaks, but it's the show where the guests actually get to speak. Please, if you want to learn more about me, visit me on the web at vincenttedwards.com. That's vincenttedwards.com. And you know, life is all about purpose. And what I try to help people do is to move or pivot into your purpose with power and precision. Life is all about purpose. Do you know yours? Today's program is brought to you in part by program success your source for professional news and information program success magazine spotlights the success of individuals who have excelled in their arenas of expertise in order to inspire encourage and enhance the lives of others aspiring greatness more information is available at programsuccess.net program success the name says it all my guest today is Mr. Mike Morowski, and we're going to hear a story. Oh, my goodness. Get ready. As my grandmother would say in the days of old in the church, get your buckets out because you're going to learn some things today. We're going to hear a story about success, loss and redemption. That's what we're going to hear about today. Success, loss and redemption. Like always here on Mr. Speaker Speaks. We're going to have a short prayer, and then we're going to have an inspirational verse of Scripture. Heavenly Father, I truly thank you for being the God that you are, one who is faithful, one who will never lead us nor forsake us, the one who's always there that hears our cry to open doors that should be open and to close other doors, a God who will allow us to reach our potential if we only just place our trust in you. And now, God, as we... Talk about this story as my guest today, Mr. Morowski, shares his story. Open up the ears of those who will hear this podcast. Open up their minds that they will be receptive to the information that they hear, but let them be challenged to learn and to grow. And I give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus name. Amen. The inspirational verse of scripture today comes from first John. First John chapter one and verse nine. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Our God is faithful. He is not only the God of a second chance, of a third chance, of a fourth chance, of a fifth chance. He is a God who will always be there. All you have to do is reach out to him. Mike, welcome to Mr. Speaker Speaks. Hey, thanks for having me, uh, Vincent. I appreciate it. Um, and wow, what an interesting format. I, I will say that this is the first podcast I've been on where somebody said a prayer and opened with the scripture. I, I love that. And I love your grandmother, but get the buckets out. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Most definitely. We're going to hear from you today, a man who has over 30 years in real estate investment. You've controlled millions, oh, over 285 
a million in real estate transactions. You're an entrepreneur, author, real estate trainer, public speaker, personal coach. I mean, why shouldn't we get our, our, our buckets out? I will go real old school and say we need to get a number 10 tub. A lot of people don't realize what that is. My younger folks in the audience would have to Google that. Oh, um, so. Let's see, what would be a great opening question just to get this one started and get you thinking, how about this? Mike, if you could shadow anyone, past or present, for 24 hours, 24 hours, take out your your iPad, take notes, video, whatever, and follow them around for 24 hours and glean from their area of expertise and learn, who would that one person be and why? So that's a really interesting question because I come from old school like you and um, I heard years ago somebody say success leaves clues and that's how I've learned a lot of what I've learned over the years is because I've followed people I've shadowed people I've reached out to people but to answer your question um, Colin Powell um, and and I love Colin Powell's leadership style I love how he uh, attacks things and how he uh, gets uh, gets projects, gets events across the finish line. And there's just something about somebody's mindset that can be so calm and humble, but yet a great leader. Wow. Colton Powell. Yes, I remember that name. <laughs> I was in the Gulf War, so I remember I remember that name and all the things that were, were going on during that time. Mike, you've had quite a few experiences in your life. And you have a story that brings hope and inspiration for a lot of people, especially those in business. For the listening audience today, I'm going to ask you, what's your story? So I've been in real estate for 30 years, like you had mentioned early on. And it's funny, I, I, you know, I don't come from a family that's entrepreneurial. I don't come from a family that's real estate based. So I don't know where it ever came from. Uh, I was I was in the general contracting business, and uh, I woke up one morning and uh, was married to my uh, wife at the time, and woke up and I was burnt out. And I looked at her and I said, I can't do this anymore. I was still banging nails and and not real happy with uh, with where I was headed. Uh, sold the company, took a year off, and decided to um, house hack a couple of houses along the way. And what's funny is we did that long before it was the sexy thing to do. Now everybody in the world's doing it, right? And when you say house hack, what does that mean? Because that comes to mind, you know, buying houses or flipping them or renovating them because they have all these these shows on television now. So what is that exactly is house hacking? Well, you live in it while you rehab it. <laughs> so, so she wasn't real happy about the nails on the floor. But now it's like the thing to do, right? So um, I guess today they wear construction boots inside. So, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, we house hacked a couple of houses and, and I go back to what you said, you know, what we were just talking about a minute ago, success leaves clues. And along the way, I met a real estate agent who was really successful and he helped us get those houses sold that we were uh, rehabbing and flipping. And I really liked his style. And I went to him and I said, Hey, Todd, I said, I think I'd like to go in the real estate business. He said, man, I think you'd be great at, I said, excellent. I said, will you teach me what I need to know? And uh, can I come and shadow your team? So it's really funny. You start this whole conversation like this, but he says to me, no, (laughs) Now, now I'm going to go old school on you. (laughs) 
I'm going to do one better. He said, I'm going to make you a cassette tape. Oh, my goodness. I'm really dating myself because I don't think you can find anything to make a cassette tape on today. I still have the equipment to be able to do it and play them. (laughs) God, love you. Um, So he makes me this cassette tape, and I listen to it over and over and over again. And I took those fundamentals that he taught me on that tape, and I went in the real estate business. My first nine months in the business, I sold 78 houses. And I went on to build a team selling 125 a year. I sold it. I I did that for about eight years consecutively. In 2005, I saw the market starting to shift. And I wasn't really sure what was going to happen in the market, but I knew I was going to have to go do something different. So I I decided to um, go in the apartment business. Now, I kind of say that tongue in cheek because I didn't just wake up one day and decide to go in the apartment business. What I did was I had studied a couple of, large syndicators here in Chicago who were in that business. And I understood the model. So you raise private equity, you marry it with a great real estate deal, you stay in the middle. And as long as everything goes okay, everybody makes money and life is great. So you sound like that's almost like being a broker. You bring two people together. Yeah, but you know, it's it's like a it's like being a broker on steroids. Ooh. You know? <laughs> so, um, so what I did was I put a little ad in the newspaper said real estate investors wanted. Um, my phone rang off the hook from a little forty five dollar classified newspaper ad, which you can't even do anymore. And- <laughs> I mean, we're really st- we're really sharing some stuff today. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I'm I'm taking it. You don't have a real young audience. So, (laughs) Uh, um, but I raised uh, half a million dollars from a $45 ad. I put together my first syndication, which I needed $200,000 for. I closed an 11 unit apartment building. And I said, man, we're, we're off to the races over the next 30 months. I raised uh, $18 million. I bought $60 million worth of real estate. It was 4,000 apartments in five different states. I grew a property management company managing about 7,500 doors. Um, now, I tell you this, but I grew way too fast. I was very unstable. 2007, I closed 17 transactions for 2,700 units. It was like balancing a a kitchen stool on two legs, picking your feet up off the ground. So were you just buying and selling them or were you buying and holding on to them and actually leasing them to tenants? Yeah, we were buying them. We were fixing them up. We were leasing them out. So I had 4,000 families and, you know, 4,000 apartments. Yeah, it was a big operation. Um, But like I said, I was very unstable because we grew way too fast. I closed all those deals in 2007. We didn't have time to breathe. Um, I was very um, over leveraged. So, you know, I I had borrowed um, 85% loan to value on $65 million worth of real estate. 85 LTV. Woo. That's some leverage. Yeah. We should have been at 65 or 70%. Um, and then I was undercapitalized. I didn't raise enough money, nor did I pay attention to the details along the way. Mm. So the details, they will, uh, you know, they always say the devils are in the details, but you know, but someone else says, you know, the large print giveth the fine print taketh away. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, Good one. so remember that one. With, with, with all of that going on it seems as though you would be successful because here's the deal i mean the the ability to raise that much money so quickly 
You know, I teach life is all about relationships. You must have had some strong relationships or you had a good marketing department. Yeah, you know what? I'm a, I'm, I'm a relationship guy. I love building relationships with people. I love getting to know people. Um, and, and that's what I did. I was the face of that business and I went out and did that. Um, like I said, though, you know, I grew way too fast. And so people must have liked you. So what what was the, the telltale sign of Hey, I'm in trouble and I have to do something. What what was the signal? What came to you when you got up one day and said, look, I've grown too fast. And a lot of people don't realize that that could actually happen. My background is, you know, in, in real estate. I'm not in real estate. I'm talking, we're talking about real estate. restaurants. It's another R restaurants. Yeah. And I know a lot of restaurants that, you know, they get a, good, a lot of clientele and that one building is, is packed and then they want to put another one over here and another one over here and they go and they borrow all this money, but they don't have one, the infrastructure in place to help them out, you know, from the people, the resources, and then the other stores, even though that one was going well, just because they put up another one on the other side of town, they became too saturated too quickly and the bills became due and the money wasn't in the register. And, you know, because of that exponential growth, ooh, they went under. Yeah, tough. Um, you know, a couple things here. Um, I, 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 the market, so, you know, I did that in 30 months. We started in 2005 and over 30 months, I raised that money. O over 30 months, uh, we built those companies and, and there was a level of success. I remember sitting at dinner one night. I'm I'm in LA with four of my friends and our wives and we're having sushi. And this friend of mine from across the table goes, man, Murawski, you hit the big time. And, and you know, it's kind of funny because I, I could feel like the, the peacock feathers go up and go, yeah, you know, I think we did. You know, I said, only time is going to tell. And it wasn't much longer than 2008 happened. Yes. Right? So I went from that dinner to having lunch with my CFO, watching the news while they're carrying boxes out of Lehman Brothers by the dozens, looking across the table at my CFO going, man, we're screwed, aren't we? And he said, yeah, we're in big trouble. So we knew, I knew I was unstable. And because the world like hit a brick wall at 200 miles an hour in, in a freight train in 2008, we started to come off the rails. And what happened was occupancies dropped. I couldn't pay my bills. My, my expenses continued to rise but my cash flow fell. I couldn't pay my bills. I couldn't pay my investors. So now I had 38 companies, some that were very profitable and some that were not. So I devised a, a way that I could take money from the profitable companies and put them in the non-profitable company. I went to my attorney, my accountant. They both said, oh yeah, that's that's fine. You can do that. Just leave a paper trail. So I did that. Now- We call that robbing Peter to pay Paul. Uh, <laughs> right. And, and you know, people do it and it's not illegal, mm -hmm. but here's um, a couple things along the way. Um, I have seen recessions in the past and I saw recessions that lasted seven or eight months, 17 or 18 months, corrections of 10%, 12%. This thing lasted seven or eight years at a correction rate of 40%. My properties devalued at 47% because of what happened in the marketplace. So you were seriously underwater. I was in trouble. So um, I start moving money back and forth between companies. Like I said, my attorney, my accountant both said it was okay, but I didn't disclose it to my investors. And because I did not disclose it to my investors, I was ultimately charged on wire fraud and mail fraud charges and sentenced to 10 years in federal prison as a result of that. 
What kept you from informing your investors if you had established those relationships with them and they were willing to trust you with all that money? Yeah, great question. So um, I'm the kind of guy, I don't want to come to you with bad news. Um, now that's changed for me and I'm different today, but I was the guy, I, I had to be the hero. I wanted to come to you after the fact and go, hey, oh, by the way, this happened but we saved it and here's what it looks like. Now I had 10, 10 deals that I should have just let go to foreclosure and those 20, 25 investors get hurt, but I tried to save everybody. And here's what I tell people, mm. I go, hey, I never flew private, I didn't buy a boat, I didn't have a big house, I didn't upgrade my car. You know, I was the, I was the neighborhood baseball coach, soccer coach, I had a great marriage, I was home most nights for dinner and I just tried to build a business and I, I just lived a modest, uh, you know, middle-class lifestyle so you didn't have any intent to to swindle anybody you were just a hard worker doing it and playing it by the books not an extravagant lifestyle is just that things happened yeah and um you know it was like did you ever see the movie the perfect storm <laughs> oh did a lot of damage when it finally came everything came into place and it's a devastating thing and just bad outcome. So, um, so I go to federal prison. Um, I get wiped out and I'm thinking my life is over. It's, it's the end. It's, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to get through today, much less 10 years of federal prison. Um, I'm in prison about 17 days and my wife decides she's going to divorce me. Now, remember I said, I, I was the neighborhood baseball coach, soccer coach, home most nights for dinner. We had a great marriage. You know, I tried to divorce her before I went to prison. She said, we're going to be fine. We'll get through this. Well, when she divorced me when I was in prison, it ruined me. Um, I went from this modest lifestyle to all of a sudden living in a 12 by 12 room with three men I didn't know, uh, with three green outfits, five pairs of underpants, wondering what the heck happened in my life and how I was going to get through each day. When you say that ruined you, was that divorce like the nail in the coffin that really said, I'm rock bottom and I really don't have anyone to cling on to or to hold on to or to help me get through this? Yeah, I was, I thought my life was over. I had no idea what I was going to do or how I was going to make it through. Um, and, um, you know, when I think back to that time, that was a pretty dark, awful time in my life. Um, so uh, here's what happened though. So, you know, it was bad, but here's what happened. And I always like to talk about the solution and I always like to talk about the good stuff, right? Because um, the bad stuff happened, I learned from it, but I was probably in prison about six weeks. Now you have to, you know, I went from running marathons to being 35 pounds overweight, hating myself, wondering, you know, what tomorrow was gonna be like. I walk into gym, now I'm window shopping. I'm not going to work out, but I'm window shopping and I walk into gym and this guy walks over to me and he says, um, hey, don't let these people beat you. All they wanna do is take everything from you. This is the best advice anybody ever gave me. He says, um, they can take your real estate, they can destroy your business, they can destroy your family, but they can't take what you're made of. They can't take what God created inside of you. And you can get that all back. He goes, get this 10 years back. He he said, start coming to the gym every day, come to my class, work out, you'll start losing weight, you'll start feeling better. And he was right. I started going to the gym, I started working out, I decided to go to college. So I could do a whole podcast on this whole go to college. Oh, okay, maybe I'll bring you back in prison. But I went to college. I got a bachelor's degree in theology. Um, I went on, I wrote two books. 
I wrote one book called Exit Plan, Your Complete Guide to Multifamily Investing and Why You Need an Exit Plan Before You Buy. I wrote a book on property management, two home study courses. I wrote an ethics course. I taught uh, real estate investing, property management, and ethics in prison for five years. You know, how ironic, you know, a federal <laughs> inmate teaching ethics. <laughs> but you know who you sound like to me? Huh? The man who wrote the prison epistles, good old uh, Paul. Paul. He, he did a lot while he... <laughs> He wrote a lot of good stuff while he was he was in bondage, and that's what you remind me of. I mean, two books, classes. You remind me of the Apostle Paul. I got to know Paul well. <laughs> um, so I was on an outreach program because I was a model prisoner, right? And I went into the community. I told my story forty times to local businesses small business owners and to uh, college students. And I met a professor from the University of Minnesota. That professor um, and I, we co-authored a paper that we had published this year in the Business Journal of Ethics, an ethics case study. And um, it gets taught at the collegiate level today for forensic accounting classes and for sales and marketing classes. So I, I really re-engineered myself. Today I'm home, I'm in the coaching and training business. I teach people how to invest in multifamily, um, how to scale their business, but live a balanced lifestyle, how to pay attention to the details and to not make the same mistakes that I've made. Throughout that journey from the highest to the lowest, what was the biggest or greatest lesson that you've learned? I, you know, I know the gentleman told you, don't let these people beat you. But what else did you learn during that time, especially about you and who you are? Um, so I'm not the hero and I don't have it all figured out that I have to, uh, I have to trust God, uh, number one. And number two is there's a, there's a proverb that says wise men get plenty of counsel. And, and what I did along the way was I didn't pay attention. Um, I didn't, uh, I didn't pay attention to the details and I didn't listen to people around me. So in 2008, I'm getting ready to close a real estate deal. I'm sitting in a title I'm sitting in a title office in Cincinnati, Ohio, getting ready to close one of the biggest deals we're going to close at the time. It was about 187 units. And I'm not getting the funding from my office and I can't get a hold of my partner. It's about 10 to 5 in the afternoon. I finally get a hold of my partner and he says, I don't know how to tell you that. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you got a business partner you're counting on. And he says, I don't know how to tell you that, but my heart sunk. Well, what happened was he took $500,000 out of an escrow account moved it to pay some bills. And I said, listen, we clearly had this conversation before we went into business that you never do that. He goes, I know. He goes, I, I, I went out on a limb. I thought I could, could make some changes and get some things done and have the money back. It didn't work out that way. So I wound up dry closing that deal, um, which means I signed all the paperwork, didn't fund it, said I'll have the deal funded by Tuesday. I went home. I, I raised a little bit more money, gave some equity away, was able to finish that deal by Tuesday, get it closed and and that deal was okay. Um, but here's what happened along the way. I never talked to my wife about business. Now, I want people to listen to this because I think this is really important. I never told my wife about business. You know, hey, once in a while, Vincent, I'd say, hey, we just closed another deal or I met a really great investor or, you know, those types of things. But I never- The superficial. Yeah, yeah. She worried, right? And I didn't want her to worry. So that deal happened on Wednesday afternoon. Friday night that week, I go to dinner with my ex-partner, his 
wife and my wife. And on the way home out of clear blue nowhere, my wife says, hey, I don't trust him. And I say, what do I say? As a good husband, I go, don't worry, honey, I have this under control. And I didn't have anything under control. I knew I was off the rails at that point. And um, I said, so what I should have done was I should have said, honey, tell me what you're seeing that I'm missing, okay? We don't, as men, um, and, and even women, I think, that are in positions of power or positions of strength and they're growing companies, don't pay attention when we need to pay attention. We don't listen to people around us. So she tells me that on Friday night on the way home, I'm freaked out all weekend. I wind up raising the rest of the money that weekend, get the deal closed. But on Wednesday, the following week, I'm out to lunch with my attorney. Mm. My attorney says, hey, listen, I don't like what I see going on. I don't trust your partner and I don't know what he's up to, but you better pay attention. Now, Vincent, two people within a week of each other are telling me the same thing. And I go, don't worry, I got this under control. So, um, you know, one of the big things I learned along the way was that I need to pay attention to details and I need to pay attention to the people around me and listen to the people around me. Wow, that is so powerful. Before we go to a quick break, I like that when you said pay attention to detail, it reminds me of the military. They would tell you that all the time. Pay attention to detail, gentlemen. Stay alert. Stay alive. Stay alert. You stay alive. We're going to have a um, we're going to go to break real quick um, with some information from one of my sponsors here. Uh, T-Spark Enterprises. T-Spark Enterprises. Roofing and construction services. T-Spark. T-SparkConstruction.com. We conquer all peaks. All right, T-Spark Enterprises, you need a new roof, you need some construction, call my man Travis at T-Spark Enterprises. I'm telling you, he does great, great work. He did my roof, and I tell you, I love it. I love the job that he did. We're going to resume our conversation today with Mike Morowski, sharing his story of hope and inspiration for business owners as he talks to us about success, loss, and redemption. And we were, before break, he said, pay attention. That was the biggest thing. Pay attention. Wow. So throughout all of this, Mike, how long did you actually stay in federal prison? And when you got out, what did you immediately move into? Yeah. Um, so I was in federal prison for about uh, almost eight years, uh, about seven, seven years, 10 months. And I came home the week they closed down the world for the pandemic. Wow. So, so um, I, I was on home confinement when I came home for another 10 months. Uh, went to the halfway house. I was in the halfway house for a couple of weeks, but here's, here's what I did. You know, I said, I did all that. I wrote those books. I wrote all those courses. I did all that in prison. I had written a business plan also, and I knew I was going to come home and start this coaching and training platform. And I've hit the ground running, uh, you know, built a website. I have two podcasts uh, that I do. I uh, coach and train. I have, you know, um, my first book that we've put out. We uh, have done a number of virtual live events uh, in the last year and um, moving forward, rebuilding a life. Rebuilding a life. 
I, I like the name and I want to get some insight on it because as I've learned your story and it's called My Core Intentions, mm-hmm. when you think about the core, it's the very gut, the inside of an individual. Even when you're working out, they say they want you to work on and develop your core. It looks like this company is centered around your true beliefs and what you want to happen and to make happen for others. My core, who you are, the individual intentions. Am I on track? How did this name come about? Yeah, you know, I want people to be intentional about what they do. You know, that core piece, you know, who are you? Who, what do you believe? Where do you want to go? And let's be intentional about it. So let's take you to a place where, um, you know, people say, hey, what do you coach on? And I say, well, I, I coach on the same thing everybody else coaches on. I We talk about your goals and your why, and we talk about building your team and relationships relationships and we talk about finding deals and um, uh, how to go to contract and underwriting and due diligence. You know what? That's all fine and good. And people need to learn that stuff. But I like to work outside the box, right? I like to say, hey, who do you need to become along the way? What changes do you need to make personally? You know, it's you can have a goal to go buy a thousand units or to um, make a million dollars, but who are you going to be when you get there? And are you going to be better? Are you going to bless people along the way? Are you going to do something for someone else? Um, so, you know, and, and how are we intentional about that? In your training and things, are uh, you have boot camps, courses, and summits. Are they strictly for those involved in real estate? Uh, yeah, in the multifamily space, property management space, yes. Um, but here's what I say on the other side. I have two or three entrepreneurs that own businesses that are not real estate-related businesses that I coach. Uh, and, you know, it's that whole, you know, I'm a mindset guy, right? And we have to know where we're headed and who we are. And so I, you know, I was on the phone with one of my, uh, one of my uh, clients today and we talked about uh, some employee challenges that he has and we talked about leadership and how do you have to lead those types of employees in order to get what you want, which is for your business to grow, right? Mm. So so talk to us uh, real briefly about what you do regarding property management and property evaluation. And I ask that because, because of previous deals and you had to serve in prison, does that hinder you in, in any way by dealing with, uh, with real estate, because I know in the article, there was a lot of stuff going on with the SEC as well. Yeah. So what's interesting is um, I have no restrictions uh, about real estate. Matter of fact, when I came home, I wrote to the uh, Office of Banks and Real Estate to see if I could get my real estate license back if I wanted to. And they said yes. Uh, so I didn't get it because I don't need it for what I do. Uh, just recently, I went through a process with an attorney to get a legal opinion from the SEC. And I've been approved to go back and be spo- a sponsor of deals to be an issuer again. And so we are actively out putting deals together and raising money. And um, there's a couple of us that have partnered on on a couple deals right down in Florida. Actually, we're doing a a 40 unit right now. So, um, you know, you know what? Um, God had a plan with this whole deal. And I don't know that we figured the whole thing out yet, but we're seeing glimpses of of what that plan looks like. So um, I, um, you know, I'm grateful for where I'm at today and how how I've grown and who I've become along the way. It's very interesting to be at the heights and the lows. What did you find out about God during this whole time? Because <laughs> oh, I, you know, I had to go there because you have your degree in theology. So I, 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 
I can go there with you. He's real. Mm. Um, he shows up when you least expect it. Um, in the quiet wee hours of the morning, when you're alone in a dark room, because it's the only place you can get some quiet, because all other times it's so loud. He shows up. It's the cool, warm breeze on your face. It's the sunshine. Uh, he never leaves. He never will forsake you. Just press in. Just press in. It's about relationship and God is love. And and I don't know. I don't know that I knew that. Until I went to prison. I concur. You find out a lot about God in those quiet times. He's always there, but we typically have so much noise going on around us that we can't even hear what he's saying. And he has our best intentions core intentions at heart he does because he knows about you he designed you he created you he knows every hair on your head when you look at this business now my core intentions who is your ideal client i think i i tap into a couple of buckets one is that real estate investor who says hey i want to be a real estate investor and then all of a sudden one day they say wow, what's this apartment multifamily thing? Um, what is that all about? That's that's one of my um, core clients. The other one is the one who's been in the real estate space for a while. They've done a bunch of fix and flips or done some wholesale. And they say, hey, you know, there's an economy of scale with multifamily that I can't find in single family or in another product class. Let me check this out. That's my client also. What would you say to that that little person that you know has a little money and they say, you know, I want to get into to real estate and start this? Do you help them out? And for example, like someone who's you know doesn't know a whole lot, but they may have a little money. They say, hey, I want to buy maybe a little duplex and just start and grow from there, or a small property and rent it out and then grow from there. What do you have to say, or do you uh, do you provide help to that individual? Yes. Uh, yes to all that. Um, and I, I encourage people get in, you know, I mean, if people are buying their first house, I think that there's ways that you can buy a small multifamily that's still residential, get a, a good loan that's easy to get into. Uh, you buy a, a three unit multifamily as a brand new homeowner investor, you get a lot of boots on the ground experience from uh, ownership, management, uh, repair, and it will take you to the next level. Um, Here's one thing that I don't know where this thought came from in this last couple minutes of conversation, but when I went in the apartment business, I didn't know what I was doing. It was like being dropped into an ocean of um, a lot of fish that you're trying to figure out what's that, what's that, what's that. There's a whole new language about it. There's a whole new uh, philosophy and theory that goes around with it. And I just immersed myself. You need to immerse yourself in knowledge. There's a ton of free information out there, mm -hmm. but there's even better paid information out there. You need to immerse yourself in knowledge, become a sponge, soak up everything that you can possibly learn, soak it up and become what you want. Okay. So I say that because when I started raising capital and started building real relationships with people, um, I had to learn how to do that. You know, one of the best books I ever read was Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People. <laughs> you know, because nobody cares what you know till they know how much you care. Mm. So that's powerful. Well, I mean, we're coming up on our, our hard stop there. It's been truly great. How can my listening audience contact you, find out more information about you, purchase your book, become one of your clients? 
what do they need to do? Where do they need to go? Yeah, I appreciate that. So first of all, I'm, uh, you know, I'm pretty loud on social media. So like me, love me, follow me, whatever, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you hang out, uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel. I also I have a podcast uh, that drops weekly called Insider Secrets, where I interview someone else who's smarter than me. And I always like to bring people around me that know a lot more because that's how I grow. You can reach me directly at Mike at mycoreintentions.com. You can go to my website and, you know, tap a world of knowledge and a bunch of stuff. And for those who like to read, you can download my book for free. Go grab a copy of Exit Plan. It's uh, go to mycoreintentions.com forward slash exit plan. And you can download an ebook. And and I say that lightly because I had had a woman one morning uh, who was just getting ready to get on a podcast with me. And she said, man, I'm printing this thing. It's 264 pages. I said, well, it's a book. She goes, yeah, but most eBooks are, are not like this. I said, it's not an eBook. It's a book. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Well, I always pre-warn people, right? All right. So yeah, download the PDF and read it on your iPad or your tablet. <laughs> yeah. All right. Mike, it's truly been great. Any last words for my listening audience today? Because I'm so glad you came to share your story of hope and inspiration. Yeah. You know what? I love the network. So anybody reach out. It doesn't matter if you're in real estate or not, if you want to get in it or not, you know, reach out, say hello. Um, I love to meet people. And if I can be a resource for you or add value to your life, uh, don't hesitate to ask. Well, all right. It's truly been a pleasure, Mike. And I thank you for being a great guest on Mr. Speaker Speaks. And you really spoke to the hearts and minds of my listening audience. And you truly let them know One of the things I teach, failure ain't final. We have a God who will, in every circumstances, make it all work for the good. Oh, you're welcome here anytime, Mike. Anytime you want to come back, just reach out if you got another topic. You've been listening to Mr. Speaker Speaks. You know the show where you learn so much. You're always challenged, informed, and inspired. Until next time, you know check me out vincentedwards.com life is all about purpose do you know yours remember in all that you do be magnificent and until next time be good be blessed but most of all be a blessing to someone <laughs>